I haven't signed any contracts yet. Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about. Whether you're out training, commuting, or just riding around, sit down and listen in, because we're about to begin. I got something to say, man. Yo-ho! Welcome to episode 25 of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that only a semi-pro cyclist knows what it's like to love and hate something at the same time. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who hasn't signed any contracts yet. And a reminder, if you do love the show, I would love a review on iTunes. It really means a lot to me and I would really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And the news, well, Merry Christmas everybody. It's been a great six months since I've started and I just want to say I hope you're enjoying a Merry Christmas with your loved ones. And if you're in Australia, you get some time between Christmas and New Year's to do some decent writing. And if you're elsewhere, that you're at least doing something related to writing. What do you do when you're snowed in? I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Anyway, I have a new iTunes review, uh, entertaining and informative podcast. As an avid cyclist, I was pleased that Semi-Pro Cycling came onto the podcast scene. The host does a good job of presenting his topics in an entertaining and informative way. He is definitely passionate about cycling and it comes through in each podcast. Mark, I really appreciate you taking the time out to write that. Other news, not a lot going on, but I would say the most interesting stuff is that Brad Wiggins and Dale Brailsford, Brailsford are expected to be recommended for a knighthood each. So this would be for the New Year's honours list. That's a pretty surprising, well, not that surprising considering Chris Hoy already does have a knighthood I don't know how I feel about this, you know. I'm not from England, but I'm kind of like we're the struggling cousin, very, very far away or whatever. But for some reason, it just doesn't make any sense to me. But all the strength to every single English person that backs this, you know, they have had a good year. So if this is their top honor, then why not reward them in some way? But I'm not going to harp on too much about that. Well, that's pretty much all I want to say for news. This week's nuts and bolts, because I'm kind of moving, moving closer and closer to my training, I want to talk about six weight training fundamentals for cyclists. Again, it was kind of like last week, where I really, really wanted to put something together that was a little bit more concrete, but I find it very difficult because everybody is in such a different situation that I would hate to recommend something that I'm doing and then you take it and basically just waste your time. So I'm not going down that road. I'm going to go down the road of six things that I think are very important to remember when you are planning any type of weight program. The hard part here is that I don't have any evidence to help you decide to go one way or another if you're on the fence about starting one. There there just isn't any data to make any substantial claims. So you're going to have to make your own mind up from experience. I do it from my experience. I find that I get a lot of benefit. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into it for me personally, not just the output, but the process itself. I really do enjoy. And to be honest, it's kind of more personality based because I really enjoy the workouts, but I do know other people that absolutely hate working out in a gym. So horses for courses, you know, whatever floats your boat just to drop another weird cliche in there. But one thing to note is that it's definitely not just for strength. Weight training also helps you stay lean. It gets in and it works your entire system. So 
generally speaking, it's quite hard to put on muscle mass as one point, but then it uses up a lot of energy and essentially you can be in calorie deficit quite easily if you're doing an intense workout. Another interesting thing just to sell weight workouts a little bit more is that it's good for mental freshness. So, okay, some people won't like it. They'll be bummed out about it. They don't like the structure or whatever, whatever the reason is. But I find changing up the environment every now and then for something totally totally different keeps me a little bit fresher other than the fact that I love walking out of the gym feeling like I've really done something but training inside in a different setting it definitely may give you a mental boost and the only other part before we get into the six fundamentals is what equipment to use I'm of the notion that no belts gloves wrist straps any extra add-ons should be used during workouts. For a long time, I've always felt that if you're starting to have to use gloves or belts or anything, then maybe you're pushing your body too far. So you're not actually compensating in the core areas or the stabilizers when you're doing big movements. And so that could probably lead to trouble later on. And it really does roll straight into number one as far as the first fundamental for a weight training program, it's obvious, start with mobility and stability. This, for me, really is the place to start. And that was highlighted to me when I did episode 20 and covered the importance of these two working together. If you haven't listened to that episode, please take some time out to do so. I'm sure it's going to save you a lot of time and pain in the future. But overall, the idea is that you keep on assessing and adjusting based on what you find. So you're only working on one problem area at a time. And we'll get to the core in a moment, which helps with stability. But as far as working out what your mobility and stability is, if you don't get them sorted and continually monitor them over time, I do believe you'll fall into trouble. There are things like overcompensating when you're doing heavy weights or not having technique correct, and then that really punishes you later on as well. So go back to episode 20 and refresh yourself if you plan on starting a program. It's taken me probably six weeks to get my body to a place where I believe that I'm ready to start hitting some heavy weights. Of course, after I start, I will have to keep on readjusting. I'll be doing tests probably th- every three or four weeks just to see where I'm at and what needs working on because it's not too hard to incorporate it into the routine itself because you're only going to be using one exercise and focusing on one area at a time. There's no point trying to add all these extra things on, just one area at a time based on the hierarchy that's set out in that episode and then rolling on from there. That's going to be the best way to treat any issues and still maintain some type of weight training at the same time. Now, number two, use multi-joint exercises. There is really no point to doing bicep curls or quad curls or anything that is just hinging off one joint. They're just way too focused. There's no benefit for cycling at all. It's probably more vanity or whatever. I don't even know because I don't even care. The reason you don't do a lot of those movements is because there's just no function when it comes to cycling. So the big ones you're going to get benefit from are like squat, deadlift, rows, cleans, anything that is using a whole bunch of different joints and systems to get a weight up. Number three, prevent muscle imbalances. Always balance out one muscle with another. I'm not talking about top to bottom, although it could be a major aesthetic issue in itself. 
as the case with Andy the Praying Mantis Schleck or Rasmussen back in the day. They can probably attest to this, but it's more to do with, say, back-to-front or side-to-side imbalances. And other than addressing these in testing, you want to balance everything out with every other area with complementary exercises. As far as the squat's concerned, it doesn't really overtrain a particular articulation of any joint. For instance, too much bench pressing is known to cause shoulder issues because you're only on one side of the actual muscle formation on your shoulders, and that's the area that's getting developed. In contrast to this, pulling exercises such as rows or chin-ups are much better for a well-balanced workout. In contrast, the squat develops the abs and the back in tandem. And so that back-to-front area is being worked at the same time. And squats also use quads, glutes, and hamstrings. So there's the back-to-front again. That is what I'm talking about when it comes to preventing muscle imbalances. It's the choice of exercises that you're choosing during your workout and just being conscious of any left-to-right and back-to-front balances. As far as your bench press is concerned... Yeah, bench press comes into it a little bit. Maybe just throw it in there so you can look a little sexy and a little less Schleck-like. Number four, always include the core. Number four, always include the core. Always include core abdominals and lower back. Core training, it's been left behind in the functional exercise movement. No one really talks about it anymore if you step into that world. My assumption is that they do not talk about it in that sense because Your core does get worked when you are doing things like squats, but it's very important to work it on its own. You can also step out of the gym to do this. You can do a core workout on a bike if you're using a bigger than normal gear, riding up a slight incline, and you just ride with your hands hovering over the bars. So whatever has to compensate for not having hands on the bars, that's essentially working areas of the core to try and stabilize the entire movement. But again, this just comes back to mobility and its stability that is what this is heavily focused on. Your core is part of the system that helps your stability. And number five, increase ride-specific exercises as you progress through your season. Converting the strength gained from early on in the season when you're going for maximal strength, when you're spending more time in the gym, and then taking that strength by cutting time down and by cutting reps down so that you can produce power, and muscular endurance, which is the most important reason that you're probably in the gym in the first place. There's recommendations here. I won't give you a recommendation. I'll say what the recommendations are. There's recommendations here such as strength endurance effort. So maintaining your maximum strength in the gym while cutting down hours in the gym, but replacing that with bike-focused strength endurance. So SE efforts, probably in a harder gear than you normally would, staying seated, hands on top of the bars like a piano, you know, the classic hill climbing setup. But then if you want to keep it in the gym, that's when you start incorporating things like plyometrics. It's a bit of a buzzword and it's been around as a buzzword for the last five or six years, probably ever since Lance, ever since uh, he was photographed doing it. But it has been around a lot longer and it's been incorporated into a lot of people's routines a lot longer than that. Basically, it's explosive movements and 
mimicking explosive movements. And that actually moves me straight into number six, which is use exercises that mimic writing. I don't know if I really need to get into this. It, it seems like it's obvious in itself, but it's just a reminder to make sure that you're not forgetting about while you're in the gym in the first place. And so you're wanting to do things like single leg squats, jump squats. They're a pretty good one, but you've got to have your core built up to get the best out of that. Otherwise, it's just dangerous. Step ups and single weighted sled throws, foot to foot. They're pretty fun. Things like that are going to mimic riding. They're going to produce and fire your muscles when they need firing rather than just doing a static movement that's going to be boring and your muscles aren't going to adapt. But I'm not going to go into any science here. As long as you're doing some exercises that are mimicking riding, then it's going to help you transfer strength into power and muscular endurance. And that's it. So as far as the six are concerned, I hope you get a lot of benefit out of those. It's very, very hard for me to give specific advice to anyone. But if you stick to those six, I think you'll be definitely on the right track. And a shout out to Joe Friel. This was based loosely off a section that's in his The Cyclist Training Bible. It does go into slightly more detail in regards to periodization of working out in the gym, much like the program work that we did as far as the annual training program is concerned. So there is um, a theory that he has behind this. I would say if you haven't done weight training before, then I would just get in and start learning these movements. They're very technical. Things like cleans, if you incorporate those in, deadlifts, you know, they can be dangerous if they're not done correctly. And so focusing on technique and having someone to show you is probably going to be the best way to ever approach this. I can't say enough for having a coach that can actually sit down or go to the gym with you and show you how to do this. No bro science, so not having some dude at the gym that just thinks he knows it all helping you out and someone that actually will take the time to make sure that your technique is correct and you're not pushing too much too soon. That is of uber importance and I would say that don't underestimate lifting light weights at first, not just for the doms, but also for your technique and getting it right. It really takes a hell of a lot of time to get this stuff sorted. And we're talking building up. I wouldn't even attempt things like squat jumps without six months of core work and gym work before even getting into a movement like that. Anyway, I hope this gives you a little nudge to get into the gym. And I would be really interested as to any information that you're getting as far as setting up programs and where you're getting it from. I am starting with a very basic program myself, focusing on just getting my body adapted to the gym again and just moving through large movements rather than getting too detailed or spending too much time warming up or whatever. I want to be in and out probably within 45 minutes. That's my goal at the start. And then I'll just take it from there. That's that for now. And now let's get to the tech hacks and products section. And this week, it's something for the Northern Hemisphere folks. So everyone that's enjoying summer in Australia, don't worry about this. But I came across this idea and I was so pumped to share it with anybody that's battling through winter because winter really tests my love of cycling, I'll tell you that much. But what we have here is this thing called Thermocell Heated Insole Foot Warmers. They are super cool because in the sole itself, they carry the battery and the filament. I think that's what you call it. All the good stuff is held in the sole itself. They are water resistant and they do warm your feet up at a high of 43 degrees C or 110 Fahrenheit or 100 Fahrenheit or 37 C 
is the medium setting. And they have a wireless remote, which is absolutely awesome. And so you can just adjust it. And once it gets the heat, it knocks down and then reheats back up again. It's exactly the same in that sense, like a heater. I think it sounds unreal. I don't know how it worked with the wind chill factor, because, you know, that is the actual thing that's killing your feet when you're cruising along. I dare say... If you can somehow keep that heat in, if you have a booty on or whatever, then this thing is going to be revolutionary for anybody that walks in the snow or rides in super freezing temperatures. I thought I'd throw it out there. I got the link in the show notes. You can definitely check it out. And I would love to hear if anybody has them or is going to buy them and if they really do work. Now, let's get to that quote from the top of the show. And it's Caleb Ewan from Barrel in Australia. I gotta say, he's one to watch in the Bay Crits that are coming up very, very soon. He's only 18, and last year he knocked out two wins from four starts. So he had a cracker of a year this year as well, and coming off a silver at Junior Worlds, where he led the bunch sprint home after the winner attacked before that. Let's see what he can do this year. I'm not one to label anyone as up and coming, but definitely keep an eye on him, if only for his victory salute. There is a great picture on his website, and I hope he celebrates that every single time he wins, and good luck to him this year in the Bay Crits. And that's it. Stop hanging out with me. Do something fun. Hang out with your family. Drink another beer, whatever. But till next week, get on your bike and enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into. Yeah. 
You don't have to believe, but show me some faith And tell me what you see when you look into my face I know what I see when I look into the mirror True love, fade, and a path has come clearer Look inside my mind, it's like a grind of the stone But if you find the time to listen for a sign It goes, the grind is not defined by another mind of the line There's a truth to walk on the other side of the line Come join me, brother Than I believe in something other than I. 